Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may be tuning in. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode 48 of our Truth Tidbits as we look into the scriptures throughout the year on a daily basis and just see what what, um, the Lord might say in a certain place and that he may want me to share with you. And so that's where I'm coming from, and I hope these are a blessing to you and that they are in addition to your own pursuit of the Lord and his word through daily reading and even studying the word and thinking upon it, letting it get into you. That is the best thing I can tell you to do is to turn to the word. As a matter of fact, we are going to be discussing that very topic, turn to the word for a word. And I want to to just share with you, I'm taking my passage today from the book of Isaiah. I've been reading in Isaiah, and I'm in Isaiah chapter 8 and 9 today. And I'm not going to read you a lot of passages and, you know, take a lot of time. But what really struck me when I was reading this, and this is what I feel like I need to focus on today with you, and it is found in chapter 8, in a few verses of chapter 8, and then a little bit of it goes on into chapter 9. But let me set just a little bit of the the context, because in the context of Isaiah chapter 8, Isaiah is warning about the coming judgment toward um, the northern kingdom with Assyria. And Isaiah is, uh, the Lord is giving him basically some instructions. Matter of fact, the son that he has, the Lord tells him to name him a particular name, and that name is representative and prophetic of the judgment that's coming. The name meant to um, um, speed the spoil and hasten the booty. In other words, you know, my time of mercy and waiting and warning is come to an end, and now it's time, judgment, let's get going with it. I mean, it's got to start. And not that God takes any pleasure in that. He does not. Never does God take pleasure in judgment. His desire, like James tells us in the New Testament, is always that mercy will triumph over judgment. However, there comes a time when judgment is come. And the Lord has warned. He has been patient. He has sought out people. He has sent um, the prophetic word, repent, return to me, turn around, come back to me. All of that has been occurring. And so that's not happening. The people are not responding to that. And so the Lord is telling Isaiah, judgment's coming. It's just coming. And there's still going to be a small window of time it's not immediate, but, but the warning is going forth that the time is nearing an end when you can turn before the judgment is coming. So we see more of that in, um, in this, and, and it's interesting because in chapter 8, verse 6, I'll just read this little bit. It says this, the Lord, uh, let's look at verse 5. The Lord also spoke to me again, saying, Inasmuch as these people refused... The waters of Shiloh, Shiloh, that flow softly 
and rejoice in Rezin and in Ramalia's son, or in the pagan worship and the the um, representative of the rebellious and those that don't want anything to do with God. They want to hear the words that they want to hear. They want to hear what tickles their ear. And they're refusing the waters that God is trying to give to them, including the call for them to repent and turn back to him. So God is saying, okay, you refused me. I've sent out the warnings. I've sent out all of this. So this is what's going to happen. And he goes through and he talks about several different things here. I want to take us really and focus on verse 19 of chapter 8 today. And it says this in verse 19. It says this, And when they say to you, Seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So I really want to focus on those two scriptures out of Isaiah chapter 8 today. And possibly even carry a little bit of this thought and understanding into chapter 9. But what I really want us to understand is this. The solution, God has already told them that they are, they're now going, they're in spiritual darkness here. There's darkness. It says it is because there's no light in them. And God is coming and saying to them, don't go to the sources of witchcraft, don't go to the wizards and the mediums, don't go to even the, the dead and, and all of those things. You remember when uh, Saul went to the, the witch of Endor and you know called up some spirit and all of that. God has nothing, nothing to do with any of that. And the point that I'm making is that this is very pertinent to us today. There are lots and lots and lots of seducing spirits, doctrines of demons, and deceptive words floating everywhere. You can find them blasted all over YouTube and other social media platforms. You can hear them broadcast through different TV stations or radios or whatever. They're everywhere. And we have got to be careful in these days because not everything that glitters is gold. I've warned about this many times and it is still true. Everything that glitters is not gold. Everything that says it's Christian is not Christian. We have got to be careful. I would encourage you today, those of you who are listening, pray for discernment, not just for yourself, but for your children, for your grandchildren, for your church, because the, the words of of deceiving people and deceiving spirits are everywhere out there. And a lot of it is based in witchcraft in some form. It's demonic much of it. And yet it is cloaking itself. Some of it is cloaking itself in Christianese. And it's being purported as if it is Christian, but it is not. God says, 
when when they say to you, seek those, he said, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? No, God's solution is to the law and to the testimony. In other words, you go and you seek God. You seek his word. You seek for him to speak to you through his precious Holy Spirit. There's, I can't stress how important that is today. You know, people in some circles of Christianity, there's all kinds of uh, words of prophecy and prophets and all of this stuff going on. And some of that may be true and legitimate, but I do not, I do not believe and I'm concerned that a lot of it is not. And it's leading people astray. Let me tell you something. You don't need to find some prophet to pray over you or to speak a word over you. You need to find the Lord. You need to go to God's word. You need to hear what he will teach you, what he will say to you, the wisdom he will give you, the direction he will give you directly. This is what God is calling out for here. He's saying, shouldn't you go and seek me? Go to the law and to the testimony. In other words, turn to the word for your word. Turn to the word for your word. Go to the word of God. Go to what he's already recorded. Because according to the authors, uh, an author in the New Testament, he tells us that everything we need for life and godliness, God has provided in his word. He has given us everything we need to understand. Some of it will be direct words, such as repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, that may be a direct word that you need to hear. And that would be you know, the warning that you need to pay attention to, if you don't know Jesus Christ, it's like you are, you are revving your engine and speeding down a highway and you're ignoring all the warning signs that say, you know, dead end or that say cliff ahead. You know, you're going to, you know, danger, turn around, stop. You're, you're rejecting all of those warning signs. And yet God is sending forth the word that says, repent and be saved before you cross over and you, you go over that cliff to your death, to your spiritual eternal death. Don't do that. That may be the word that you need to hear. And it may be a direct word such as is found in many places in scripture. In other cases, it might be a word of wisdom or principles that give you wisdom in how to deal with a particular situation. Let's just say it's your health. And let's just say maybe it's a word of wisdom about something that you're eating that you need to either not eat or something you need to begin to eat or something you need to cut back on or add to in your diet, let's just say. Maybe it's a word of wisdom and you recognize, you know, the scriptures say that bodily exercise profits a little, but, you know, spiritual um, godliness is, is of great gain. So yes, we understand what that scripture is saying, that it's much more important that we, we be godly inside and we work on the inside of us more so than the outside of us. But even in that scripture, it does tell us that bodily exercise does profit. So maybe there's some truth in something like that that you need to hear. 
whatever the situation is, whatever the need is, whether it's in a family relationship or in a financial matter or whatever, you will find scriptures that either speak to that directly or will give you examples, words of wisdom, and, um, and direction that can help you, principles and things like that, that you can build your life upon. So my encouragement to you is don't go to these others. Don't go to these other voices. Watch out. Watch out. You have got to test them. John tells us in his epistle, test every spirit. Because there is a spirit behind what you are hearing. And, and if they are truly of the Lord, it will be based from and coming from the Holy Spirit of God. If they are not, it might be a demonic spirit, possibly even from the devil himself, that is speaking that. And you don't want to have anything to do with that. So you've got to test the spirits. And go to the word for your word, because there is no darkness in this word. As a matter of fact, as I draw down to a close here on this message today, I want to just carry us just briefly into Isaiah chapter 9. And it says this, <clears throat> that in chapter 9, he talks about how the solution to spiritual darkness. He's just talked in verses um, 19 through 22 of chapter 8 about the fact that these people, these witches and wizards and all these other people that are trying to speak all kinds of stuff that his people shouldn't be listening to, they're speaking that, he says, because there's no light in them, this spiritual darkness. So he goes into chapter 9 and he starts talking about the light that light is the solution to the spiritual darkness. If you walk into a, a dark room, what are you going to do first? You're going to turn on a light. Why? Because light is what overcomes and dispels darkness. And so light is the solution to this. Now, the darkness is because they refused God's word, but he tells them here that he is going to send the light. Let me just read 9 verses 1 through 2 of chapter 9. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed at, as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her. By the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. And this light is prophetically speaking about Jesus. We actually see that um, verified for us in the New Testament in the Gospel writers when they quote this passage and apply it to Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself said in John chapter 8, verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. He who walks in me and follows me will not walk in darkness. So to, to overcome spiritual darkness, to come out of spiritual darkness, we got to have the light. And the Lord Jesus is that light. We have got to learn to go to the word for our words and not be hunting around for all these other voices that are out there. Be very careful.
Praise be to God. I pray this has been a blessing to you today. And Lord willing, you can join us again for more episodes when we do our truth tidbits each day. God bless you in Jesus' name.